Welcome to Painting Corners, your weekly podcast for all things baseball. Now, here are your hosts, Austin Hartsfield and Dave Kwiatkowski. Anything can happen in the playoffs. I mean, I think we all know that. But there's a lot of surprises in these last couple games that we had. So welcome back to Painting Corners. And we're going to start this show out with a question. Uh, what was more surprising for you guys? Was it a 10-run first by the Cardinals? Or was it the Nationals just beating the two-time pennant-winning Dodgers in five games? And not only that, but in extra innings. What do you think, Dave? I think it's the Cardinals. The Dodgers do what they do best, and it's lose big moments on the back of their big-time names of Kershaw and Dave Roberts and decisions like that. The Cardinals putting up 10 on the road in the first inning against a starting rotation that was one of the best in baseball really threw me for a loop there if you told me it was going to be the other way around like the seventh inning Atlanta gave up 10 runs and their bullpen finally fell apart I'd be like yeah all right I can see that but the fact that the Cardinals came to town after walking it off in game four and just absolutely murdered the Braves and all Atlanta fans again is uh I did not see that coming the way it unfolded Gabe what are you thinking yeah I gotta go with Dave I was not expecting 10 run first from the Cardinals either. I was actually not even watching the game in the first inning. I was out doing something. You guys texted me, and I had, didn't even check until later. And then I checked, and then it's like 10-0. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like that's If you would have told me before this week that the Nats would win in five games against the Dodgers, I'd be su- surprised. Not as much. Cardinals' 10-run inning is just absurd, and I did not see that coming. Well, I was watching it, and I was just like, is this going to stop? Like, it just kept going. The Cardinals kept putting people on base. They kept Yeah, I don't the think there was a home in. run either, was there? I think it was no. all double no, singles, was, walks, basketball, yeah. all that fun stuff. Like, really just, like, you know, really just cutting them deep a thousand times instead of just that one big hit. Yeah, it was just, it was like death by a thousand knives. Like, it was just, it was just brutal. You know, we got the bizarro version of Fulton Evans. We're probably just going to jump into this Cardinal series since we're already knee deep into it, actually. So, <laughs> game five. Fultonevich, you know, you think that you're going to get the same guy that you got against Jack Flaherty in game two, and it was the complete opposite. Did not look like he was doing anything. Looked like the Cardinals were laying off of his slider. I mean, have you ever seen a two, like two completely different performances like that before? Yeah, uh, I saw it in the uh, ninth and eighth inning of Joe Kelly's game in the Dodgers, where you were unhittable and then gave up a grand slam. But you don't you don't see it often, and you don't see it in a big pressure situation like that often either. To have Fulty be dominant early on, and then just have him absolutely shit the bed, it was kind of out of nowhere. I think everybody in the stadium was in shock, including well, yeah, him. Tell. It just kind of it just kept happening, and you're just like, like you said, is this ever going to end? Like you just kind of wait. You're like, all right, like someone's going to like you know hit a ball right to somebody, or someone's going to just like pop out to the catcher at some point. It just never ended. So you don't see it often, and you happen to see it in two different series, but in different ways. And for the Braves, you know, last year it was a good story and get some experience, and they'll be ready next year or two. But this year, they're pretty much the clear-cut winners of that division from day one. They had all the talent. They, you know, had guys come in like Josh Donaldson, who people like me didn't give a chance to, and he came out and produced. And, you know, you had Alcuna and all these guys – just grow and for them to lose the way they did they had it pretty much on the wraps in game four they blew it there and they pretty much lost the seat the series when yadi hit that that uh that pop fly that he uh you know decided to throw his bat 300 feet and uh cry (laughs) we're gonna get there we're gonna get to the ethics of it here in a second i want to get hit the statistical stuff first um obviously the cardinals win it in five games Jack Flaherty had a 10-run lead before he even stepped on the mound. He had already batted by the time he had stepped on the mound. Let's let's talk about the three four-hitters in these games. You know, you have Marcelo Zuna and Paul Goldschmidt, who went 18 for 42, hit 429 with seven RBIs. That's what you need out of your three four guys in order to win baseball games. What you don't need is Freddie Freeman and Josh Donaldson on the other side to be 7 of 39 and hit 179 with only four RBIs. The absence of Freddie Freeman was very, very apparent in the series. And it was just one of those things that you just can't recover from. What was more shocking to you, Gabe, the fact that Freddie Freeman and Josh Donaldson didn't show up or the fact that after even a rough year that Paul Goldschmidt 
finally was Paul Goldschmidt again, and Marcelo Zuna had one of the best series of anybody in a Cardinal uniform in NLDS ever. Uh, I think Freeman not showing up was surprising to me just because... It's Freddie. <laughs> yeah, and I totally expected him you know, come out and show out for the postseason, but he obviously... I have no idea where he was. I mean, the last seven games, he only had three hits, 22 at-bats. Like, that can't happen. Like, you're you're one of the best, you know, hitters in your lineup. And for the Braves to win ballgame, you can't have guys just taking games off. Goldschmidt and Ozuna, Ozuna were just ridiculous. They're on another level. I'm sure we'll get into it later, but if they can keep that up, uh, this um, Cardinals-Nats series is going to be uh, pretty interesting to watch. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch coming up. And I think I got to agree with Gabe there. Freeman not showing up was kind of a big deal. And Donaldson as well, who's historically been pretty good in the playoffs from when I remember him in the Blue Jays uniform. St. Louis, you know, their big guys showed up. And they need to continue showing up because the rest of that lineup is extremely lackluster when it comes to, you know, hitting and kind of on a down year here. You look at a guy like Matt Carpenter with that big extension this offseason, and he was awful all season. He batted 200 this series. Dexter Fowler batted under 100 this series. I think he had one hit, and it was in that final game. He went one for five. Colton Wong batted 250. That's with going two for three in that last game. Uh, DeJong as well, two for four, but batting 222. So these guys are being carried by Goldsmith, Ozuna, and the pitching, and they're going to need to do a little bit more than that if they want to beat a pretty stacked Nationals pitching lineup in seven coming up in the next series. The Braves, I mean, next year, they're going to be looking a lot different, to be honest. They're not going to have McCain. He retired. They're not going to have Josh Donaldson, probably. I think he goes to get somewhere and get some money. And some of those guys are getting a little bit older. Pitching-wise, they need bullpen help. They've needed bullpen help. They, at this point, really need to address it in the offseason. Were you all surprised that we only got to see Cy Young candidate Mike Soroka once in this entire series? I'm not, just because I think that... The road numbers supported the decision, but... He's still yeah. Mike Soroka. I think if the game five was a little bit closer, you would have saw him. I think if it was a pitcher's duel and Fultzy, you know, went five, six innings and, you know, gave up one or zero runs, you could have saw Soroka come in for a couple, you know, maybe the sixth or seventh, maybe the seventh or eighth, kind of like a, you know, a late, like Patrick Corbin last night for the Dodgers. I mean, for the, the Nationals came in later in the game to kind of, you know, give us some momentum there. But, you know, he's a really good pitcher, and I think they're worried about him longevity-wise as well. I mean, you don't want to push him too much. And it's kind of like the Strasburg thing back in the day where he definitely should have pitched in that postseason but didn't, and it bit him in the ass. Maybe, you know, they're thinking the same thing here. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but I think if you had to ask the Braves now, they would have said, we'll take Soroka game five on short rest versus what Fulte gave us. Let's go ahead and talk about that pitching. The first two ga- you know, the first two starts from Keiko and Fultonevich. You can't really ask for more out of those two guys. I mean, in their in those in their first start between the two of them, they had eleven and two thirds innings pitched, eight hits allowed, one run, one earned run, three and three walks. Right? It's point seven seven ERA. Let's go to the second start, which not good for any of them, by the way. Not good for either one of them. Three point two innings pitched, uh, seven hits, ten runs, eight, eight, nine earned runs, and four walks. I mean. The thing that I saw, it just looked like they were just laying off the slider. And Fulton inability to throw the slider for a strike or even close kind of put them in a pigeonhole. Yeah, it put them in one early. I mean, you, you saw it last night with Kershaw. If you can lay off that stuff and you make someone pitch in between that doesn't have 98, 99 every single time, it's going to be difficult to try and blow past people. And St. Louis is a veteran team, veteran coaches, veteran players. And if there's one thing that they are, they're professional hitters. and they were they did a professional hitting job for sure. Oh, was anybody surprised that Jack Flaherty stayed out for as long as he did in game five, knowing that he at one point even had a twelve run lead? Yes. I'm I I was actually just going to mention that. Like if they if he pitched like three two to three innings, like just you know forty pitches. Yeah. Like something like that where, you know, um you're getting you're getting loose and uh, getting some experience, but I mean, he went he went what, six six six. Six, yep. Yeah, and uh, like if I was, I I wouldn't be afraid to just you know um, keep him on a leash just because you don't want him getting hurt for that 
um, in LCS. He should be starting Friday. Like, yeah, yeah, but I mean, who knows? I mean, it's the postseason. Yeah, I mean, but you have the NLCS looming. Like, I understand if it's a four game, if it's a four run lead, or if it's a five run lead. You had a twelve run lead at one point, and I kept waiting yeah, like, on take, Schilt to pull him, him and he didn't. Yeah, I was, I was thinking the same thing. I think, I mean, I'll play devil's advocate. I mean, you look at what happened last, where you had Clayton Kershaw come in, you had Joe Kelly come in, and it all went to shit really quick. Right. I think that. You know, he's, you know, they were looking at it. Well, all right. Well, Flaherty was, you know, scheduled to throw today. He's going to give us, you know, hopefully five to seven innings and give us good quality innings. On top of it being kind of just like a confidence booster for Flaherty, who doesn't need it, but it's always good to just keep it under your belt there and just keep on adding to the, you know, to the great, you know, list that you're giving yourself for this postseason and even the second half of his season. But you look at the time off that they have. I mean, they got the Houston Rays game tonight. They're going to have an off day. They get the travel days. You can pitch flyer to game three and be okay, and especially right. if you're up or down 2-0. Which means if you're up 2-0, exactly. You're good. If you're up 2-0 and you got Jack Flaherty coming, you're feeling really good about your chances to go for a sweep. If you're down 0-2 and you're needing a pickup, Jack Flaherty coming out game three is great. And then 4-5-6-7, even if he's on short rest, you know he's pitching seven. The, the season's over. So I, I don't mind it just because don't give Atlanta any hope. If I'm being honest, the last guy you want to see if you're Atlanta there is Jack Flaherty with how well he's pitched. Right. And, you know, just as quickly as 10 runs came the other way, you know, at home with the crowd, you get a little life, you get somebody out of the bullpen, you can't put it back in the game. So I don't hate it just for the sole fact that bury the team, bury them early, then throw out some random guys, you know, no reason to throw out your closers and, you know, your big inning arms, you know, when you're up 13 to two in the seventh inning. But, I don't. I don't mind the move there. I think that he was thinking, let's get, let's win this game, and then you know we got some other good pitchers that can go one and two for us, and and Flaherty will just be on his normal rest, and we'll keep the normal routine going. Cardinal starters as a whole this series: thirty innings pitch, one seven eighty ERA, and one hundred five WHIP with twenty eight Ks. I mean, can't ask for much more out of a pitching staff like that. Uh, speaking of no, great performances, like you get two great performances from two very different individuals. If you're the Atlanta Braves, you get Dansby Swanson, who had a huge series, you know, was was vital into keeping these guys in games, had a couple big hits. Probably the best series out of any Brave doesn't matter, unfortunately, because, you know, Ronald Acuna goes, hits 444 and with a 565 OBP, but nobody's going to remember that. Nobody's going to remember that. Everybody's going to remember just not running out the pop out, you know, kind of jawing at Flaherty whenever, you know, and sending him the hand motions whenever he got hit by the pitch. And, of course, the home run shuffle, which I don't mind. That's, like, that's the least of my worries. I'm more worried about him reacting to the hit-by-pitch like that and even running out the pop-out. But is this just a case of Acuna needs to grow up, or is this just a case of, you know, we're kind of overreacting here, Gabe? Uh, Maybe a little bit of both. I think... You know, I don't think he needs to grow up in the aspect of, you know, him cheering when he goes around the base path or anything like that. Yeah, that doesn't bother I think, me. I think, and that doesn't bother me. I think the only thing he needs to grow up on is running out grounders to first base. I don't mind being up, being down by 10 and getting hit and having a lot of people talk shit to you and then you're mad about it. I'd be mad about that too. You're a target out there. He's been a target for a while, uh, other teams as well. And we talked about how it's Bush League that they've thrown him before. Do I think Flaherty wanted to hit him there? Probably not, but does he have anything to lose for hitting them there? No, absolutely not. He's up by a million. You know, you put one guy on, who cares, especially a guy like that, where after that he had Albies who couldn't hit, Freeman couldn't hit, Donaldson couldn't hit, Markakis couldn't hit. It was a while till you got to Duvall and Swanson, so really no you know, pressure if he got on, on there. But I think that the old school mentality, the unwritten rules, people of baseball – are currently ruining baseball. And I think that people like Ronald Acuna are trying to kind of bring it back to life. The MLB is their whole play loud thing, but you're not allowed to play loud because of people like Brian McCain, Yadi Molina, Carlos Martinez, some old managers. You're not allowed to do it unless you want to catch a 98 mile fastball behind the back of your ears. So I don't, I think he's fine. I think the only thing he needs to grow up on is just hustle. And you look at a guy like JD Martinez, you can't, I can't name more than two times that he hasn't hustled this year. You know, Red Sox eliminated from games, ground ball to shortstop. He's trying to beat it out. And that is a pro. 
And I think you need to be like that all the time. And I think if Acuna could do that, I love all the other stuff because I think it's good theater. And I think it's good for the game because it shows emotion, just like any other sport. You have cornerbacks freaking out in the NFL when the ball's overthrown 30 feet. It's hysterical. You got guys in hockey celebrating like they won the Stanley Cup. You know, every time Ovechkin scores, it's great. And baseball is the only sport they're not allowed to do that in. And I just think it's ridiculous. What's the ultimate get off my lawn sport? Like, yeah, 100%. The new thing is we play loud. I mean, that is the very bad slogan by the MLB, by the way. What a terrible slogan. It's it's one of the worst in a very long time. Uh, Y'all ready to hop on to the other National League series? Uh, Yeah, Gabe, you have any thoughts on Acuna? Uh, I mean, I have to echo you. Uh, I mean, he just needs a hustle. Um, if, if I, to be frank, I mean, everything else is great for the game. It's the postseason when you have a big hit, big moment. I think you should be able to, you know, uh, cheer about it. And like you said, you know, Martinez, McCann, Yachty, they were, you know, all getting pissed off about it. And then, you know, Yachty, after uh, he, he's just such a hypocrite. Like he was. You know, talking shit about Acuna after um, Acuna pimps a home run, but then after you hit a walk off, you chuck your bat in the center field. Like, if you're gonna, you know, say something and stand behind it, that's one thing. But when you do that, I have no respect for Yachty after that. Yeah, and a and a and it was a walk off pop out. By the way, it was a fly ball that was caught. It wasn't a double yeah, in the gap. Like it was a 500 foot bomb. Yeah, it was nothing like that. And you got Carlos Martinez, who said that he wants respect as a veteran pitcher, which I think he's 28 years old. Like, he's a veteran, but he's not 38. Like, he's not CeCe Sabathia, who is another one that, you know, is all about respect, 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 and then gets mad when people bunt because he's because he's fat and out of shape. So that that always rubbed me the wrong way with him. And guys just like that. McCain standing in front of home plate when someone pimps a home run, ridiculous. Yachty throwing the bat after all that. Carlos Martinez blowing a kiss at Billy Hamilton at second base was ridiculous all in the same couple games. It's just kind of like there's no awareness, I think. And I think that Cardinals fans kind of like let their guys get passes with that. And I think that, you know, the Cardinals players feed into that where they can do no wrong. That's just the way I feel about it. I don't don't know how you feel, Austin. I mean, Gabe's kind of with me on this one. But how do you feel, Austin, about it? Do you think that they go over the top? Do you think they get a pass? Do you think it's, you know, just, you know, individuals, that's how they are, it's okay? I think the Yachty thing, like, it was very weird for him to, you know, make the comments. And I'm sure he's made, I'm sure he's talked to people, you know, behind the plate after it happens. Like, hey, probably don't do that. And then you fling your bat into right field. That's what I have a problem with. I have a problem with hypocrisy. And that is the gr- that is the biggest thing for me. And Carlos Martinez, I mean, if anybody needs to grow up in the series, doesn't isn't it Carlos Martinez? Like, oh, 100%. Acting like a child. Like, you blew game three. You're the reason that this series isn't already over. So, I mean, that's just kind of how I feel, and I'll be brief. But uh, let's go ahead and hop over to the next National League series. I mean, tweeted it last night. The Nationals put the National and uh, National League Championship Series. For the first time ever, they're going to the NLCS as the Washington Nationals. More surprising, um, Dave Roberts, I guess choice to go to Clayton Kershaw late in that game or to leave is it Joe surprising Kelly out there for the second inning I mean at this point it's not even surprising Dave Roberts if I was the owner of the Dodgers if I was Magic Johnson he wouldn't have made it out of the parking lot he would have been fired pretty much as soon as he got done you know giving his post-game speech about how it was another great season and you know sometimes things just don't go our way I mean what an embarrassment Dave Roberts did a lot for us all three of us I mean we're Red Sox fans right I mean he stole that base and he kind of pretty much put in motion of a of a you know a dynasty if you will but he's a terrible in-game manager and he shouldn't be a manager on this team he really shouldn't be a manager anyway you can't manage the dodgers who are one of the most automatic teams in the league i mean just the names the best jock peterson Bunty, turner bellinger i mean seager seager's like your seventh hitter your sixth hitter and you got kershaw maeda ryu Bueller, Jansen, Joe Kelly, who Joe Kelly before that Grand Slam is nails in the playoffs, and he was nails last year too. I mean, it's just embarrassing, and I feel bad for Dodgers fans, honestly, because they, they try everything. They try trading. They try getting a big free agent. They try drafting. It's just nothing's working out for them. They need to go get a guy that can actually manage. 
a guy that's going to make good decisions. Kershaw in the eighth was a terrible idea. You had Joe Kelly, who was nails. Put him in for the eighth, and you have your guy that you pay $20 million, Canley Jensen. He showed up twice in the series. Up by six, down by six, more or less. They were down by four. But you get the picture. Didn't pitch in any high-leverage situations where there was multiple he should have been. Kershaw, a known choker, a known guy, not great out of the, out of the bullpen, comes out of the bullpen. I mean, what's the point? Why, why do these things? I don't even blame Kershaw and Kelly as much as I blame Roberts because Kershaw should have been out after the solo shot, and Kelly, Kelly should have been, been out after the, the perfect – he had a perfect inning before that. I think he had nine straight curveballs and six of them for strikes, and I don't think they even hit one. They didn't follow it off, basically. He was, he was lights out, and then you know he got in some trouble. And once again, Dave Roberts, a walk. Okay, you might want to get Canley Jansen in there. A double, definitely get Canley Jansen in there. Oh, wait, you have your specialist to get Soto out? Eh, we're going to walk Soto. Okay, maybe maybe put Jansen in? Nope. And, you know, Howie Kendrick just put one to the moon. So a terrible overall series of the Dodgers. Again, mismanaged. Their big-time guys didn't show up again. Kershaw did not show up again. Bellinger, again, didn't really show up. Not that great in the playoffs. Again, Corey Seager has not been the same since his injuries. I mean, it's 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 a rough look out there. It's only going to get worse. That that payroll is not getting any smaller, and I think the Dodgers are going to make a panic move this offseason. I think they have to. I mean, AJ Pollock, who was their big move during the offseason, was absolutely horrendous. I think he had and on and unnecessary. There's no reason to bring him in. You had Verdugo. You had um, Bellinger out there. You had plenty of guys that can go out there and play on good deals, and you went out and paid a ton of money for a guy that doesn't give you much of a boost. I think. Yeah, no, you were just stealing him away from a division, like a division foe, basically. I mean, I think he had 13 at-bats in the series and had thir- had 11 strikeouts or something like that. That's your big investment? A guy that you can't even start because he's been so bad? I mean, I just it, it just blows my mind that looking back, you know, when the Dodgers signed this, everybody was kind of like, okay, is that your consolation prize of not getting Bryce Harper? But... I mean, there's only two people that showed up in this series uh, batting-wise for the Dodgers, and that's Kike Hernandez and Beatty. Like, those two guys are spectacular. You can't ask any more of those guys. Walker Buehler, absolutely in tears, and he should be, because he pitched phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal in this series. You can't ask anything else of him. I mean, the kid had a .71 ERA. I mean, he just kept going and going. It's... It's honestly just insane, you know. We're we're seeing so many young great arms, whether it be Flaherty, Soroka, Bueller, you know. And now looking at it, Strasburg, Corbin, Scherzer. That's going to be tough for the Cardinals to stare down. It's going to be really tough. And, sh- and shout out to to Hudson as well. Yes, it's traded from the Blue Jays over to help out a pretty bad bullpen in Washington, and has been lights out since he got there. Doolittle when healthy is also great as well. So now that they have a legitimate setup man and closer, I mean, these guys keep going six innings. You know, Strasburg, Corbin, Max, they're, they're going to go five or six, and they you don't need much to, to kind of get the gap going at this point to get to Hudson and Doolittle. You get two Corbins like you get two eye colors with him, though. So, I mean, not Corbins, uh, two Scherzers. You, don't, you never know which Max you're going to get. Gabe, what's your kind of overall feel on this series, and who do you think was the big X factor for the Nationals? I mean, I think the two big X. I mean, it's it's hard to name one, but I think uh, the Rendon Soto uh, combo was deadly, and Soto's just unbelievable. Like the dude's twenty years old, and he's putting the city of Washington on his uh, back and just carrying them. Uh, through this uh, postseason, and it, that's just awesome to watch. Uh, I love to see that. And then Strasburg, Corbin, um, Scherzer, that was huge. Uh, Corbin last night was nails. I mean, just an overall team effort. I think that was a team series, a series team win. Uh, and like you said, the Dodgers just weren't there as a team. You had a couple guys, um, but the Nats, I think, just did a great job of playing together and if they can do that against the Cardinals uh, I like their chances and for Soto it was more timely hitting than anything else I mean yeah 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 yeah. that's I mean he showed up in big spots unlike um a lot of guys doing the postseason especially when he's that young and he's that clutch in those moments 
he's going to be fun to watch. You know, the big joke right now is he's 20, and it's basically become a meme at this point. Um, Let's kind of stay in the NL since we've already kind of dove dived into these. We're going to talk about the, I guess, NLDS again once we get to the American League, but we're already sitting at Cardinals-Nationals. Seven-game series. Uh, Cardinals won the season series 5-2. to two. What are we kind of? What's the overall feel with this series for you guys? I have a feeling that we differ, which I'm sure we do. Uh, yeah, I think I think we do. Is Victor uh, Robles going to be available, and how much of an impact does that make? I don't know if he's going to be available, and obviously, if he's out there, it'll be a nice, it'll be a nice impact, considering that Eaton's been terrible. Uh, shout out to to Mr. Nat Zimmerman, who had a really good series. Like he batted 286, and he went one over five, one for five in the last game, I think. So. I mean, still a really good series. Coming off the bench, too, it's tough. And he had some big timely hits and some big moments, so good for him. But the Cardinals right now, I feel as though they're lucky to get out of that series where people might say that about the about Washington, being like, oh, well, you know, Kershaw shouldn't have been there and stuff like that. But the Dodgers from wire to wire were the best team in the National League this year. And some people said they were better than Houston and the Yankees overall this year. Washington started out 13-19, and 19, I think. 11 and 19 yes. or something like that something terrible and they almost won the division if you go take their splits from like take out the first 30 games and just the last 130 they probably have the best record in baseball or close to it and they're just continuing being hot now i just find it a hard time to try and beat strasburg the way he's pitching corbin and scherzer along with the bats of Turner, who had a really good series, almost batted 300, was batting over 300 going into that game. Um, Rendon, who is one of the most underrated people in baseball, batted 412. Soto, who is more clutch than anything. You guys, guys off the bench like Zimmerman. Even Michael Taylor last night wasn't terrible. Made a nice catch to end the game, too. The Cardinals, you know, take out that big game five, that big 10, you know, 10 run inning. They kind of, Atlanta kind of beat themselves, and Atlanta did what Atlanta usually did in the playoffs and chokes. The Nationals had that for a long time, too. I think the Nationals just ride this momentum. But I could easily see it going Cardinals 6 or 7, Nationals 6 or 7. I don't think the Nats get this done in 4 or 5. I don't think the Cards get it done in 4 and 5. I think it's going to be more of a heavyweight, you know, longer series. Gabe, what are you thinking? Uh, I I think the same thing. I like, I like the Nats' chances uh, just because that rotation and the offense seems to be clicking. But... Um, like, like Dave said, the Braves kind of lost it, uh, lost it themselves. I mean, but I can see this. I, if I had to bet, I, I would say that this game goes, uh, seven games. I think, um, it'll come down to a game seven and the Nats will do what they did last night and, um, just grind out a win and find a way to win um they're i just think they're clicking on all uh on all cylinders right now and i think that'll continue into this series but um the cardinals i think loved being the underdogs and i can see them uh going in a this series of uh some momentum and you know it's i think it's gonna be a dog fight but i like the nats i would run through a wall for coach Schilt right now like after after that little post game like pump up speech to his cardinal players like I was ready to run through a wall. I was pretty excited yeah, that, about that. That was pretty cool. But yeah, the the availability of Rick, Victor Robles is going to be pretty big. Um, the Cards bats have struggled against the Nats starters this year, but then again, who hasn't? I mean, that's three of the best arms in the entire game. Uh, you know, I had I wrote down keys of the series. I mean, Washington is just keep defying the odds. I mean, you got a Cardinal team that has a lot more experience than you. You have guys that you know, haven't proven it in the playoffs prior to this year that have started to do it, but it's just continuing that. And then for St. Louis, just get to the bullpen. Like, figure out a way to beat the starters and get to the bullpen. Because if you if you do that, I mean, the Nationals bullpen has 14 earned runs in 19 innings. So if you can get to their pin and do what the Dodgers couldn't, then you have a very, very big chance of winning the series. X-Factors? Anybody got an X-Factor for the series? Trey Turner setting the tone. I think the uh, the combination of Rendon and Soto, and I think Jack Flaherty on the other on the other end. I think if Jack Flaherty can come out here and pitch the way he's been pitching and take two games, the Cardinals win this. 
I don't think they win it without Flaherty pitching lights out for two games, though. And on the national side, they need Rondon and Soto to keep it going. They need them to bat 300-plus this series and just have guys pitch in, like a Trey Turner, like a Howie Kendricks, like a you know a Zimmerman off the bench here and there. Eaton they just need guys something. to pitch in. Exactly. Just need to do something. Where, you know, you look at the other teams that have lost so far and the big dogs didn't do anything. The big dogs didn't do anything for uh, Atlanta. They didn't really do anything for the Dodgers. I mean, Cody Bellinger batted to 11 and had an ugly strikeout when they needed him last night. And I mean, even before last night's game, Muncy hit the home run to start it off there. But before that, he wasn't really doing much either. So it's uh, it's back and forth there. But I think uh, I think Nationals take it in seven. I think it's going to be a long series. I think it's going to be a really good series. I think it's going to be more entertaining than it would have been if the Dodgers were in it. So I'm excited for that. Uh, I'm, I think it's Nationals and seven. I think the X factors for the Cardinals are Flaherty, Goldschmidt, and Ozuna. If Goldschmidt and Ozuna can keep that one-two punch, uh, you know, pretty deadly, I think the Cardinals uh, will have a good shot. But uh, Rendon and Soto are the same way. I think it's going to be uh, really, really fun to watch. And like Dave said, I think this is going to be a very very entertaining series to watch so uh, i'm ready yeah i'm ready i have i have colton wong listed as an x factor because you know that ozuna yeah you have ozuna and goldsmith goldsmith's statistically one of the best postseason hitters of the last 20 years when he does get the opportunities uh marcelo ozuna has been hot but if colton wong can get on base with those guys and set the tone and put the pressure on and do what he does best i mean it's going to make it really tough on those starters. And then for the Nationals, X-Factor, I mean, I have Sean Doolittle. I mean, you have to stop the Cardiac Cardinals. They love to come back in games. They love to tantalize pitchers in games. They love to work counts against their bullpen. The one good part of that bullpen needs to be excellent in order for them to win this series. And if they do that, they can win. I have the cards in seven. I think that Jack Flaherty's just too much. If the Cardinals starters keep up what they're doing, I mean... They can go toe-to-toe with these national starters. As improbable as it is, it's October. Anything can happen. So I have uh, I have cards in seven. Y'all have y'all both have Nats in seven? So Yeah, yeah so all, Nats in seven. Put this in perspective. We're recording this on Thursday before game five of the American League Division Series between Tampa and Houston. What we do know, we do know is that the New York Yankees are in the ALCS and have an opportunity to either face their division rival, if we want to call them that, honestly. They're just kind of like the the pest in that division. Or the juggernaut that is the Houston Astros that are kind of being picked apart right now. So what do we see from this Yankees-Twins series? And was it anything that really surprised us, Dave? No, nothing surprised us. I mean, the Twins cannot beat the Yankees, let alone a playoff game. And they can't do either of those things. I mean... It is a mental block. It's They're just not that good of a team as well. They are better over a long period of time, beating up against some bad teams and taking advantage of things here and there and, and guys being hot and hitting you know, a billion home runs. But it's tough to do that during the playoffs as well. And the Yankees, their bats are really good. We know that. We know LeMahieu's been unbelievable this year. We know Judge is amazing. We know Gardner will stick around. We know Edwin will hit home runs. We know Stanton will do pretty much nothing. Uh, we know... Clever Torres is one of the best young players in baseball. Didi's playing well, better. You know, you got Sanchez who will hit a home run here or there. You're not worried about that. The thing with the Yankees is they're starting pitching. They can't keep up with the Houston starting pitching, and they can't keep up with the, you know, the mix and match of Tampa. Their matchup is better against Tampa. They play probably better against Tampa than they do they against Houston. Don't. They don't in the uh, regular season. They have trouble right. down the trop. But when you're playing in New York, I think they have the advantage. No, there. no, no. You're right. I just looked at the numbers wrong. They're 12 and seven versus the Rays, eight and two yeah. at Yankee Stadium, by the way. Which of course, yeah. I mean, it's a I mean, they, the Rays play they small own ball. Yankee Stadium, and it goes both ways. In Houston, a couple years ago, played a walk, beat them on three solo shots. Right? It was yep. like three to one or something like 2017. that. 2017. So Houston knows how to win there. They play both ways. If the Yankees play Houston, Houston wins that series. Correct. If they play Tampa, it will be close. I worry about the Yankees hitting, I mean, the Yankees pitching, and I know they're going to hit pretty well, pretty decently, especially at home, but this series surprised me in no way, shape, or form. We talked about it. We gave the Twins one game, I think, just because yeah, we, we didn't think they get like swept. It was just a courtesy. It was a courtesy, and they, and they, didn't, do that. they didn't even deserve that. But, I mean, they're not going to be 
Uh, they might be worse next year, the Twins, where the Yankees might be around the same. Yeah, the Yankees should but, be the same. If anything else, they should get Estevan Florial, and they'll have another outfielder out there. Gabe, what was more surprising, how good the Yankee bullpen was or how good the starters were this series? Uh, I think I think it was all just um, the pitching was pretty surprising. I, usually it's kind of like, uh, you know, the starting the starters, you know, can't pitch well, but the bullpen um, – Usually it's one or the other. Can pitch well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vice versa. But um, I think I I think against against a weaker team like they can do that. They just walked all over the Twins. Like the Twins didn't even put up a fight. Like that was pretty embarrassing to watch. Like t- looking back on it, we shouldn't have gave the Twins one game. Like they they played horrible. And um, you can there's teams that can win in the postseason, and then there's teams like the Twins. Uh, and obviously, you know, they just can't get the job done. Um, but I don't think the Yankees can click uh, all at once like they were against the um, Twins last series against either the Rays or the Astros. So um, I think playing a weak team like this could kind of hurt them in a way, whereas the Rays and the Astros are fighting. For- it's a playoff game. It's not just three regular season games that – you know, you get a lead out early. Yeah. I mean, they didn't struggle in any of these games. I mean, no. No, no, no. no. But, but the Twins didn't put up a fight either. Exactly. Really. I mean, they literally, like, the Yankees literally didn't struggle in any of these games. It was it was honestly baffling to me how easy of it that they actually had. I mean, uh, by the way, they hit the under because we didn't get to a game four <laughs> on the home run yeah. totals that we were thinking. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, they had nine home runs total, so we said ten, and it only went three games, which we were assuming four games at that point, so I think we would have wound up being right. Uh, yeah, I think we would have been as well. Torres and Didi lead the charge. I mean, they both hit over 400 with combined 10 RBIs. Didi Gregorius, obviously, with that New York Yankee Stadium, you know, grand slam that he had. Uh, the biggest difference for me was in the starters. I mean, in 13 innings pitched, the Yankees had four in runs. In 11 innings pitched, the Twins had seven. And the Twins' bullpen was absolutely atrocious. Atrocious. 14 innings pitched, 14 earned runs. And not only that, right, but you're giving away base runners when you have 12 walks in 14 innings. How is that even possible? You're a bullpen. You're supposed to come in. You're supposed to get guys out. You shouldn't be. It shouldn't be that hard. But I was just so baffled at how bad the Twins' bullpen was this series. And that was the biggest difference. I mean, the Twins are now 0-16 in the last 16 postseason games, by the way. So, And they keep running into the Yankees every year, yep. which is bad luck for them. But they got to beat them at some point. And the fact they can't even get a game, I can understand if it was the Braves or the Red Sox back in the day. They win three, four, five games, and then they lose in a dramatic fashion or something like that. But the Twins can't even get a win. I mean... If they play anybody but the Yankees next year in the playoffs, I'll definitely be betting them to get a win at some point. Yeah, but if they play the Yankees again, not going to win. They're going to lose another three games in a row. And the Yankees' window is closing. I think it's this year and next year, and then it, it might be closed. And I think I know it might be one crazy. more year, but I think you're close to right, yeah. Uh, yeah, it sounds like a hot take, but if you just look at the numbers, and they're pretty adamant of staying under the tax, and they have a lot of veterans that are leaving. They don't have the best pitching prospect line that I know of off the top of my head. Like guys in the pipeline starting pitching, they have they have one really good starter. Uh, They've won, yeah. yeah, and that's kind of it. Where, and they don't really have any younger guys. I mean, they have Jermaine, but are they going to stick with him because of the whole like you know domestic abuse thing? Do you just kind of get rid of him? Do you move on? They have Severino, but he's got to stay healthy. And when he's healthy, he's obviously really good. So yeah, he's nails. You, you can pencil him in, but Tanaka, CC. Um, CC's probably going to retire, I would think. Jay Happ. I mean, those guys are gone in the next year or two, right? Right. So, I mean, they got to win now. They're going to have to go out there and spend some money on a free agent. Well, they're going to run into what we out. have right now, to where they're they're trying to get under the cap, or they're trying to get under the luxury tax right now, to where the Sox just ran into this issue. We're running out of money, and you know, when you have an owner that wants to get under the, the luxury tax, I mean, you run into issues like that. Yeah, I think the Yankees will end up under the tax, actually. I think they're just going to end up being a not-as-good product because they're just going to let some of the veterans go and not replace them. So they're going to let those veteran pitchers go and maybe replace them with one, but they can't go into free agency and get two number twos off the top of my head that I can think of, you know what I mean, that are going to work out. Like Jordan Montgomery will be good. 
Yeah, exactly. But even that, then you get another 35, six-year-old. Right. And I think the Yankees need to get away from that because you look at some of their guys, Tanaka, Hap's 36, CeCe's 30, 38. Tanaka's, what, 30? But he's got like 25,000 years of innings on his arms. So I don't think that, you know, that's someone to really think about as the future. He's got one more year left after this. But the Yankees dominated. I mean, we knew that was going to happen. They're going to play well in the ALCS as well. They got the Dodgers out of there on the right side of the bracket, so that helps them if they make it to the World Series. But I find that a hard time to believe the Yankees get out of the next series alive, no matter who they play. The Rays team has nothing to lose and a great pitching staff. The Houston has everything, and they're the clear favorite. So it's an uphill battle for the Yankees, that's for sure. And I don't want to discount anything that the Yankees have done because they've had a really good year, I mean, with a really good roster, obviously, and pretty much without the help of Giancarlo Stanton the entire year. They've, Which is a good thing. Yeah. That's a good thing. In, in hindsight, yeah, besides the fact that you're paying the guy $27 million, it's really a good thing because uh, you don't have to deal with the defensive liability when he is in the field, and it also allows you you know, a little more freedom to get guys who wouldn't be playing normally to get a little more time. They obviously have Debbie Garcia, which I'm still surprised that the Yankees didn't at least bring up for a little bit. I mean, it's their number one pitching prospect and one of the future kind of guys. In that system, they also just uh, signed international free agent Jason Dominguez, which is pretty is going to be pretty good at the end of the day. But I mean, yeah, I mean they should pro- they will probably run into that block that I think that everybody's going to think that they're going to run into. I'm done talking about the series. Are y'all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Bad there's nothing series. more to really say about it. Yankees dominated. Congrats to the Yankees. They won 100 games. They crushed it and uh, they dominated. Team. Yeah, and they dominated the Twins. They deserve all the credibility there. As much as the Twins suck, the Yankees made them look very bad. Last so, tidbit on the Yankees. The Yankees. Uh, the Yankees are four and set, four and eight. I'm oh, sorry, uh, against uh, on the road against Tampa and Houston combined. So that's just a little food for thought. Let's talk about the Tampa Bay Rays and the Houston Astros real quick. What the hell is going on? Um, you know, we got to see the dominance from Justin Verlander. I mean, Kevin Cash is the infamous quote. Now we got Verlander. And then Garrett Cole goes out there and absolutely just dominates. Then the tables turn a little bit. Houston's always struggled, struggled at the trop lately. But to dominate Zach Grinke and to dominate Justin Verlander like they did, that's unprecedented. Like, what surprised yeah. you more? Just the fact that the Rays are still alive or the fact that they dominated Justin Verlander? Dominated Justin Verlander for me. The Rays, like you said, yeah, like you said, playing in the trop has not been kind to the Astros hitting-wise, and the second-best pitching staff in all baseball this year was Tampa Bay. So that combination wasn't going to be well for the Astros. A.J. Hinch made his only mistake so far, which was throwing Verlander on three days rest for no reason. You had Game 5 if you lost Game 4. You didn't need to throw him on three days rest on the road. I I didn't see the reason why to do it. Hindsight's 20-20, I guess, but... I think it's kind of crazy to think about how good this Tampa Bay Rays team is with $60 million in payroll, but they have the pitching. Their only problem is they have to go on the road now for game five. I believe it's Garrett Cole for game five, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's been liked that all year. He might win the Cy Young, him him or he should win Verlander. Cy Young, in my opinion. Yeah. Him or Verlander will win it, and I'd probably give Cole as well this year. So I think that Houston pulls it out, but it's not surprising to me that the that the – Rays have kept it close. I think it's just surprising how they came back. Being down 0-2, I figured, yeah, maybe they win game three. They won't get swept game four. They're probably done. But the fact they push it to a game five is very impressive. I do think that they they run out of gas here at the finish line. But, Gabe, what do you think? Do you think that the Rays are going to pull it off and the big upset? Or do you think Houston just, you know, kind of gets it together? Uh, I think I think Houston uh, comes together tonight and picks up the win. I think Cole is just going to continue his dominance. Uh, the guy has made himself a lot of money um, over the last week or so. Um, he's been showcasing his you know, abilities, but I think I was on I was in the same boat as you. I thought you know the Rays would you know pick up a win and um, maybe uh, uh, stop the bleeding just a little bit. But then you know they win Game Four, and I'm like, oh my God, like how how are they doing this? And then you know if they win tonight, that that's one of the best comebacks in uh, recent memory for me division series for sure yeah uh to come down oh i mean come back oh two against a stacked uh, astros um lineup and a even better starting rotation like verlander grinky 
Cole, if that Rays can somehow pull this off, the, huge shout out to them because that if you, you would have told me that um, coming into the series that the Rays would um, have to you know come back from an 0-2 deficit, I would have thought you were crazy um, if you said that they were going to come back and somehow do this. So um, we'll see tonight, but you know anything can happen. It's October. That's the thing, right? We just saw it last night. I don't think anybody was expecting Howie Kendrick to be the hero for the Washington Nationals to get them over the hump. I mean, that's I mean that might be just me, but I'm just shocked at the fact that you know that this is even a series. I figured that they would win the Morton start. That was the one that I was going to give them. I didn't expect them to win a bullpen day. By the way, they won a bullpen game. Diego Castillo went out there and pitched phenomenal. And they've somehow forced it back to that stupid stadium with that stupid train. God, I hate that train. Um, I do, too. God, it's the worst. I love the train, baby. Ride that train, oh, baby. God. I love Houston. Um, I'm not surprised they went on a bullpen day, Austin, just because that they That's created they their team for a bullpen day. Right. You know what I mean? Like when the Red Sox were doing it and they were winning games late in the season, I was like, wow, that's actually impressive because – their team's not built for this. Their team's built for their starters to go seven innings and then figure out the bullpen in the last two. The Yankees are built for bullpen because they have guys that only need to go four innings. Houston is built for kind of both, honestly. But the Rays are built for go three, four innings, and then let's work our magic. Let's they Kevin Cash does a very good job of mixing between hard throwers and junk throwers. And obviously, it doesn't take rocket science to know throw Castile, then throw Poe because it just throws everybody off. But he's doing it. And you look at guys that can't do it. John Farrell couldn't do it. Uh, anyone in a Dodgers uniform, Mets uniform, or Kansas City Royals uniform couldn't do it as a manager. You know, it doesn't even matter who they were. They just couldn't do it. So I do give cash credit for the for him juggling all year. But the guys that go in there, their light's out no matter what. It's just how you want to throw them. I think the Rays are going to try and do the same thing in game five tonight. It's tonight, right? Yeah, that we're recording this. Yeah, I think they try and do it tonight. I think they're going to try it, but I think that Cole is going to go out there and throw seven dominant innings, and someone's going to hit one onto the train tracks and just going to all unravel. You just have to punch him in the mouth early. Like if the yeah, they do. You need you need to get up there early on Cole because it puts all the pressure on. Because the Rays have nothing. They really don't. Yeah, they're the Nationals. Like yeah, they're even worse than the Nationals in that aspect because. They're coming out of the AL, which is definitely better than the NL. They're coming out of the AL East, which is probably the best division in baseball, I would say. Yankees, Rays, Red Sox, probably yeah, probably the best Red one. Red Sox off year, but yeah. Red Sox off year, but had the third, fourth best batting of the year. And, you yeah, know, pretty like much, yeah, had 800 hits or something ridiculous, runs or whatever it was. 800 runs, probably better than 800 hits. But, you know, I think the Rays have nothing to lose, and they're going to be a scary team to play against tonight. But I think Houston takes care of business. I think... This Rays team has shown in the past that they're pesky. We talked about it on the last podcast. Red Sox 2013, they were pesky. And that was one of the toughest series for the Red Sox that year. Who hits the first home run tonight? Um, if there Brendan. is one. Let's let's just assume that there is a home run. Who hits yeah. the first home run? I think it's Bregman. I'm going Air Jordan. Altuve. So we all got Astros? <laughs> I was going to say, so no, so no Rays hitting home runs. I mean, Screw it, I'll go against the grain. Tommy Pham. Tommy Pham. I was just going to say. Hey, shout out to Tommy Pham. Love that honest answer. Yeah. After, uh, you know, talking about, you know, his dad not being in his life and him playing by himself and whatnot. I mean, it's nice to see guys like that. I, I love Tommy Pham. He helped me win a fantasy championship when he came up a couple years ago. So he's got a special place in my heart. But you know, he, he got over, traded over there for a bag of balls, and he definitely felt disrespected about it. And it was a disrespectful trade. It was like, Tommy Pham's really good. Like, why are we just dumping him? And, you know, maybe he didn't fit the Cardinals, you know, high morale on that team and, you know, the way they hold themselves and all that nonsense that they don't really do. But Tommy Pham went over there in a great trade, and the, the Rays do what they do best. And Glasnow tonight, he's going to shove, and it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, so, I mean – the Rays have a tough task for them, but it all comes down to one game. I mean, you're facing a team that has the AL Rookie of the Year. I don't even think that that's a question, right? Mm-hmm. It's Alvarez. Yeah, no, he's winning the AL and the NL is going to be. Two top two Cy Young candidates. Uh, hopefully a second place MVP finisher and a former MVP in Jose Altuve. I mean, 
They had and a last tough year's task Cyan. against them. Yeah, and yep, yep. I mean, they they do. They have a tall. It's a tall task. They they might be able to handle it. Before we go, let's do a quick preview of the ALCS. We know the Yankees are there, and we know that they will have home field against the Rays. They will not have against Houston. Just diving in quickly, like we did the National League. Who do you guys have in that series, and why? Um, I think you can kind of speak for the both. Uh, Austin, let's hear from you first. Well, if so th- there's two different scenarios here for me, and I think that they produce two different outcomes, obviously. If it's Tampa, I think that New York struggles, but I still think that they seem to figure it out. I mean, you've seen these guys so many times at this point. You know, they're 8-2 and two against the Rays this year at home in Yankee Stadium, which they would have home field advantage. And this Rays team, I mean... It's, it's still a very young team. And when you put the pressure on the guys like that, you'd be surprised. But I think if the if it's the Rays, I think the Yankees win in six games. Uh, if it's the Astros, I think, I mean, I don't know if this is a hot take, but uh, I think if it's the Astros, I think the Astros win it in five games. Gabe? Yeah, I, I, I agree with Austin. I think if um, Yankees play the Rays, uh, the Yankees win – pretty easily i'd say um but if it's the astros i think it's um the opposite direction the astros take the series in five or six games i think it's going to end the lcs will end in six games no matter what i think if the yankees play the rays the yankees win in six and they go to the world series if houston wins houston wins in six and they go on to win the world series i don't know if the yankees can beat the nationals the cardinals i think it would actually be a really good matchup i think I mean, exact opposite. I think they could be both of them. I think they, I think they could. I just, I, I just worry about their starting pitching holding up the whole time. And I think that when you have those older guys like Tanaka and CC and stuff, that you know, not that they're leaning on CC, but Tanaka and Jay Happ and those guys, I worry about that. I think Houston wins tonight. I think they go on to win it. I think they go on to win the World Series. Still, it's not that hot of a take. They're the best team in baseball, but the yeah. Rays. If they make it, they'll make it interesting for the Yankees, but the Yankees will win it. Who are the Yankees rooting for tonight? The Rays. Yeah, Rays for sure. Yeah. Can you imagine? All right, one last thing before we go. Can you imagine a World Series to which the 1-2-3 matchup is Verlander Scherzer, Cole Strasburg, Corbin Grinke? It'd be fun to watch. Give me that. I want that so bad. I think it's going to happen. I want that so bad. But I also want to see World Series Jack Flaherty. So, there's that. So there's that. We'll see. Go Strohs tonight. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, plug the Twitters, boys. Dave, what's your Twitter? Dave KMLB. That's where you can find me tweeting about nonsense half the time. <laughs> Gabe. Soxphere GF. Uh, I'm at Hartsfield PC. Little bonus follow, I guess. I mean, if you're following us and you don't follow Bailey at Foolish Baseball, what are you doing? Uh, thanks for the shout-out, Bailey. We really appreciate it. We're going to have him on here pretty soon once the offseason hits. He's doing great work on his YouTube channel at Foolish Baseball. But this has been Painting Corners, and we are out.